OSU Beavers, Lynn Benton Roadrunners, and any other guests, welcome to another episode of the Chi Alpha After Hours podcast, where we take a closer look at what it means to follow Jesus on the college campus and beyond. This week, we are addressing a very relevant topic to our ministry. At our Friday night fellowship gatherings this quarter, our sermon series has been about various main characters in the Bible being called by God to do something. As we continue this series this quarter, your hosts, Anna, Nathan, and Christian, want to help unpack more of what it means to be called by God and what that can look like in your life. So the phrase called or God called me or I was called by God to do blank is pretty common to hear in Christian circles. But when we think about it, it kind of sounds weird to those who may hear it for the first time. And you don't usually hear people saying it in regular speech, like my mother or father called me to do this or that. So my first question is why this word and what does it mean? Yeah, so um, the word called, it actually comes from um, the Greek, the Greek word is uh, ecclesia, which is the word church. So um, the word, it's the, it's the main word that Paul would use to describe the church. And what it actually means is ek means out, and ecclesia means um, called. So the, the church is the called out ones, in a sense. So that's, that's, what, the, that's what that is. And it's actually like a Roman, um, it's like in the Greek, Greco-Roman world, it was more of a political term. It wasn't a church word when the early Christians started. So, um, which is interesting, like that he decided not to use a, a term that was like a you know a Jewish church word or a or even a um, Greek church word. Like it wasn't a, you know, but it was more about like your everyday experience, like something that was more common, something that the everyday Greco-Roman would understand, and it kind of has the same. Same ideas like Uncle Sam saying like, "I want you," you know, like when Uncle Sam says that, that would kind of be like the Roman like, ecclesia. You know, they like let's let's form an ecclesia. Let's let's get everybody out here and let's make some decisions. You know, so so you know in the early church they adopted that word because God was was calling them to a purpose. Um, so you know, and I think, um, I mean, this whole. So it's about a bunch of calling stuff. So we'll get into a bunch of different things. Um, but over the years, like, there's been two main senses of the idea of what it means to be called. Um, there's a thing called a general calling. And a general calling is, like, when Jesus came and, and died um, on the earth, like, you know, he talks about, like, he came to reach people, to bring people to his Father, um, you know, God calls the Israelites to a purpose, but to be priests to the nations. And that, that implicitly like communicates that God is calling the whole world to himself. And that's, that's been referred to as a general calling, like the calling on every human being, um, that God, when he made us, called us to be made in his image. So since we are made in his image, we're supposed to reflect what he looks like. And so this general calling just exists on every person that God has an expectation on us and that he wants to reconcile us to his son. And so that's a general calling all human beings have. So in some ways, like every person in the world could say they're being called by God. Um, but, but the word we, when we're talking about this in particular, like, you know, God called me to do X thing or the thing that we're talking about in our sermon series, 
most of the time what we're talking about is this special calling or like God singling out a person for a specific task. And that's what we call like a special calling or like, um, you know, on a, you've been called, you know, by God to make some toast today or something like, you know, it's something <laughs> special to you, unique. Did that happen? That didn't happen, right? Actually, I just got a toaster like for free. Oh, well. And so I was just about to like, I was going to make toast this morning, but I was too lazy to grab it out uh-huh. of my car. So yeah, but it wasn't yeah. like a divine calling to no. get the toaster. So no. that's too bad. It might've been a gift from the Lord. Yeah, but, there we go. You know, but, he but, provides. <laughs> but you know, like when Moses is called to go back to Pharaoh, that was a very special calling. Um, Nathan being called, you know, down here to, to work at the Haven is very unique, special calling, you know, Anna's not called to that. Um, oh, I'm not God. called to that, you know, like, <laughs> so, um, so there's like a special calling, unique callings. And so when people say God was calling me to do this, it's, it's a sense that they've been appointed a special task by God to, to do something to forward, um, God's, God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I think of this word, I think of Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah six where God is calling out to people and he's like, who will go? He's calling out to Isaiah and like people and he's like, who will go and like bring the good news to the nations? And um, Isaiah's like, here am I, Lord, send me. And um, so I think being called starts with being willing to hear. And so this is a hear God's voice. And so this is like a little quick shout out to one of our past episodes about hearing God's voice. I don't remember what episode number it is, but that could be a really helpful episode for you to listen to if you're trying to hear God's voice and figure out his calling or his will on your life. Yeah. When I hear the the word called, it is, um, it's a very relational word. Um, it's, it's something from one person to another. I think that's, that's, I think that's one of the biggest struggles I think in, um, our secular culture that's actually bled into Christianity is um, people have begun to ask the question of what I believe rather than who do I believe? Um, uh, what philosophy do I, I ascribe to rather than what person am I loyal to? Um, and so like the word calling is a very, very relational word. It's like between two persons, not or between one person and many persons, actually, as well, that that can also happen. And so, when we hear the word "called," like at least within, I, I know that Christian just highlighted like the historical text and the historical connotation of ecclesia and like the 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 at the time what that word meant. But Jesus also says, you know, my sheep will know my voice, and things like that. And it's all very very relational terminology. And so one of the things I think that we get hung up on, and I, I get hung up on this, is like sometimes it's more about the philosophy. What does the philosophy say rather than like what does the person say? Um, and I think that the difference between a philosophy and why is that significant when it comes to like figuring out our calling? Um, because a philosophy, and I've, I've said this so much in the last like three months to people, but a philosophy is something I can control. I can rationalize. Mm-hmm. But a person who says what he says or she says, I is not subject to my reasoning or my understanding. 
Um, it is what it is, and it's my responsibility to try to understand the person as they presented themselves, if that makes sense. And so, so when we're like struggling with calling, like when we're uh, talking about this word calling and what does it mean, it's like, hey, I'm listening for a person's voice. I'm listening for mm. God uh, revealing himself, not me figuring him out on some level. Um, which admittedly figuring the, the ability to hear someone is a degree of like just posture and it is a, a, a degree of work in placing ourselves in the position to hear him as Anna said, but it's not necessarily rationalizing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I, th- I think our, I think, I know I'm like, there's like this weird double speak I think I'm doing right now, but like it's not that it's absent of our reason or our thinking, but it's at the same time it's not at the mercy or uh, at the at the um, leisure or the proclivity of our reasoning. If that makes sense, it's it's God's word is like His word, and He means something with what He says, mm-hmm. and that's what it means if that's what He says. It reminds me of it reminds me of like last week. Um, I guess it was like a couple weeks ago when I talked about Exodus and God says like, "If you will obey my voice," you know, mm-hmm. like what you were saying mm-hmm. there about that calling, that personal mm-hmm. connection. That 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 while there may be a task, like ultimately it's not not a task that's devoid of you know God's purposes or God's presence or God's you know person. Like he's he's going to. He's calling us to be, fo- in a sense, the calling is us following him. And I think one thing you're highlighting with that is like that the calling doesn't originate with us. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of American culture is about like, you know, hey, take this test. I remember the counselor gave me this test and they were like, what's going to be your job? And I mm-hmm. took the ASVAB or whatever. I took some something that said what my job would be. You know what my first job was? It was my top score was midwife. Oh. You know, the person <laughs> that delivers babies. That is I terrifying. Would, I would pay money. I, I, I'm just like, no way. That's really weird like, to pay money to see Christian Anderson do that specific yeah, thing, but still. I, I would I, pass I, out. <laughs> like, I just can't take, like, anyway, I just can't take it. So, you know, I've been oh, in four man. of those, and that's enough. So, anyway, it's like, it's like, oh, my goodness. So, like, but the idea is, like, you know, that through some rational or through some checklist or understanding, like, that we can come up with stuff. But, you know, honestly, a lot of the people that got called to do things, they didn't get called to do things they were good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, you know, Peter's a fisherman. He's entrepreneurial per- perhaps or whatever, but he's being called to go, you know, start the church, you know, and, and, and be, it, social. It, be social. And, and it turns out like he, God uses some of those entrepreneurial or, good things you know like he uses the fisherman background to like you know speak into peter's calling but at the end of the day he's calling him to something completely different you know paul often talks about how he isn't good at speaking Mm -hmm. he there's not and he's like i'm not very impressive speaker actually not like some of these other guys but but it's almost because he's not this persuasive like big teacher that God shines all the more brightly through him. And so, you know, Moses says the same thing. I, I, I stutter. I, I can't. I'm afraid. I can't do these things. But God's like, 
just do what I said, you know, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to walk you through this. So I think it's like, it, it's not devoid of our thought or our reason it, 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 our callings call us to use our reason to understand what God's mm-hmm. calling us to do. We have to use our mind for sure. But, but ultimately the calling is something we receive, mm-hmm. not something we invent or, mm-hmm. um, or, I mean, or even a hundred percent discover, like in a sense it's discovered if like God calls us and we're like pursuing God and we find it, but it's not for us to like uncover within ourselves. Like it's something that, that we receive from God. Mm-hmm. I would say also like with the subject of hearing God's calling, there's just like, have you ever tried to force someone to say something it oh, doesn't yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. work very well. And oftentimes what they say is not what you, it's not as honest. It's not as genuine. Yeah. It's not as like truthful. It's um, it, it like there's a resentment that can be built. Like it's really not good. And so the, I think our culture is very impatient to hear what God's calling them to do. Partly because, I think partly because maybe we live in a culture that's like so our agenda oriented, like this is my timeline. And it's like, well, no, like what if there is a God and he's actually saying, hey, no, actually the first thing you need to learn with me is patience. Mm -hmm. And learning things in the proper, maybe the proper order, if that makes sense. So so I, I know so many students and I would include myself in this. Um, who are so caught up in what is the job that God wants me to do and they're asking and asking and asking and I really do believe this that I don't I don't understand why we would be I don't know why it's reasonable to expect someone to tell you something when you aren't willing to listen to the things they've already said. So, like, I was actually talking to Erin Everson about this, um, and she she was getting... Is it Everson? It's Everson. It's not Everson? It's not Everson. I've been calling her Everson forever. It is definitely Everson, and she's probably plotting against you her vengeance. (laughs) Whoa. For mispronouncing her name. Everson. 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 Kind of like Eva. So anyway, you were talking to Aaron. Sorry. Talking to Aaron Everson. Everson. Aaron Everson. (laughs) That's my roommate. (laughs) Aaron Elizabeth Everson. Oh, Oh, that is irresponsible. (laughs) E squared. Or E cubed. E cubed. That's right. So you're talking to E cubed. Man, the editing E-cubed. of this section is going to be like really tense for me. <laughs> I'm you like, do I keep this? Yeah, you keep it. Yeah. Oh, she's gonna love it. Anyway, <laughs> she's gonna love so, it. but like, we're we're constantly asking. It's like, what God? What do I do in this situation? This situation or this situation? It's like, and I said, I would say this was very true of me and my spiritual growth. I was like, you know what? God tells me to love people, but I don't know if I know how to love well. So maybe I should just learn how to do that first. And where did I, how do I know that God tells me to love people? Because it's in the Bible. So God has already spoken. He's already given us the calling of engaging him in his word. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing that, 
I don't know why we can expect to expect God to ask us to be more responsible with something else. It's like, well, God, do you want me want me to be a preacher? Do you want me to be a missionary? Do you want me to do this or that? It's like, well, you're not doing a great job with what you have right now because you're not doing the basics. Like, so, you know, with little kids, like you give them incremental little bit by little bit greater and greater responsibility because the smaller responsibility is where they need to start cleaning your room. Hey, you should clean your room first. Hey, we're going to clean your room before you should be responsible for mowing the lawn. You know, Um, hey, maybe we'll get you a goldfish before we get you a cat Hmm. and see if you can be responsible with the goldfish. Hey, like you should get a job before you get a car because you need to learn how to make money and be responsible in maintaining your vehicle. Things like that. Um, Hey, you need to be good at staying focused and doing the things that you're responsible with before we give you such something that's so distracting as a cell phone. You know, it's incrementation. What if God works in the same way? He's like, hey, I'm giving you little responsibilities already. I've already given you them. They're in my word. And as we go, as you, as those fruits manifest in you, and as you develop those, I will reveal to you new responsibilities. And so the first thing in hearing God's calling is probably patience and being faithful with what you have and not with what you wish you had. Mm-hmm. There's this interesting quote that I've heard in Christian circles, um, and it's, God doesn't give us more than we can bear. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, mm-hmm. but I think it, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it is true when we're willing to lean on God for strength. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's where calling really comes into play when, when we actually start to like live it out. When I think about Moses, when I think about the Israelites, when I think about David, um, they were all given things that were way more than they could bear, way more. But they had God to lead them. They had God to parent them. Started with the goldfish, you know. Started with, okay, hey. Um, Kill a lamb and put the blood on your doorposts so you're protected um, in Egypt and and those kinds of things. And then it's like, okay, then there's a lot more things that, that we're being asked to do. And so there is this, like, God made us capable to respond to his calling because we're made in his image. But we can't fulfill that calling without him. And um, so I think... Ultimately, you know, there's a patience in that, but then there's also like a willingness to trust in God's strength. And when I think about Moses' story, he was like, yeah, I totally can't do this. And God's like, who made man's mouth? Who made man's feet so they could walk? God doesn't, doesn't exactly say that, but he's basically saying, who made you, Moses? And then who can empower you? Oh, that's God. God can empower you for that. I think, too, you know, it's so interesting. Like, I think what one thing, like, you guys are both highlighting with that is, you know, I, I talked about this this general calling or this special calling, and we get so focused as Americans or, I don't know, maybe as human beings on this, like, 
what is this special thing God wants me to do? What What is the unique thing God wants me to do? Yeah. But the truth is, is like this general calling of like being called to Jesus and the kind of life that he calls every believer to, you know, if you think about it, like, like, um, there, it, it builds the underlying strength and, and the integrity of life that allows you to do those special tasks. So it's like, you know, a general calling, like here's a couple of general callings, like that God has put on every believer on every person is to like, make disciples go and make disciples and raise them up Mm -hmm. um, to be followers of Jesus. Now, I don't know how many, like, are we as average Christians, are we saying it's my job to go reach people and to bring them to Jesus? Because that's a calling every single person has. Like, it's it's a calling every single person that follows Jesus is supposed to do. Um, And I can't think of one missionary that has a special calling to go to so-and-so place or, you know, like, you know, Ecuador or wherever, that when they go, all they're being called to is a special place to do that, Mm -hmm. to go and make disciples. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, Mm -hmm. but the discipleship part, like this general calling is essential to what we're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or loving your neighbor, like loving the people around you, loving your family, like, your ability to love, mm-hmm. like God isn't going to call you to specially love somebody. Like, like he might call you to go love these people, but the fabric of God's love is the same mm-hmm. from person to person. Like, you, you know, you're using God's love. So it's like walking in that love, you know, one that, you know, we've been wrestling through, like, you know, we're in the process of adopting. And I don't want to go and say everybody should adopt, but it was interesting because we're going through the process of like, I, I remember wrestling it through, and I'll probably talk about it a little bit later in this podcast, but like, God, are you calling me to this? And I got this sense as I was processing through this, like, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you want our family to do? And God answered, and he, I mean, it was his initiative that brought it up to both of us. Um, but then as I was searching him, um, one thing that came up was like, this is like the heart of God to to make homes for orphans. Like, mm-hmm. it actually isn't a special mm-hmm. calling. This is just mm. God's heart. Mm-hmm. And so it was It was really interesting, like, to think sometimes we can make certain things so special when actually that's just the kind of life God wants us mm-hmm. to live in general. And so this special task, this calling, is super important. Like, I'm not trying to minimize that, but the this general calling to God's character, to God's self, is is the fundamental part of, mm-hmm. of our calling. It's the most important part mm-hmm. of, of who we are. Mm-hmm. And can I add, we, we can't do that out of our own strength. Yeah, that's Like right. what you were just talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think just a, one response to Christian's thing, I think a way I would, I would, I would describe what Christian's talking about is, is like it's, there are these fundamentals and then the calling that he sometimes gives us to like Africa or campus ministry or to pastor a church or something like that is really just where do I want you to apply the fundamentals that you've actually been doing already mm-hmm. that's it it's it's like but how he's like you haven't been equipping yourself so you're not ready to be given something special something specific and so the other thing is, is that I think 
like kind of with that impatience I was talking about, like, you know, like one of the phrasings of um, that Anna gave us for calling is like, I was called by God to do. Mm. Um, and I think it's an interesting, the, the phrase to do in our culture is very, very oriented around um, like accomplishment or task or something like that. Sometimes the calling of God is to, is actually, I would say 98% of the time is to be. And out of being, we do. And much of our our formative years, our early 20s to 30s, somewhere in there, um, somewhere along that, that time frame, is actually learning about who we are, our identity, and who God has called us to be. And then once that's fully formed in us, we then do. God like is like mm-hmm. now you're ready now go and do and ultimately like in campus ministry part of I probably should do this more now that I think about it part of what my responsibility of doing is helping others learn how to be because of the the age group that I work with but in any ministry that you do it's largely teaching people their identity who they are, that they're loved, that they're cared for, that they're wanted, that they're desired, that they're not forgotten, things like that. We're supposed to manifest those those features that God has called fundamental to who we are and teach being to other people. And so I was called to do this. It was like, you were called to be actually first. Like God spoke us into being he, in a way, you might even say he called us into being. It's a very, and then the doing just happens out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think of Genesis and Genesis one, the world God created, and it, be, it came to be. Mm-hmm. Like that's God's heart. Mm-hmm. I was just talking earlier with a friend this morning, and she was saying the first adjective and the first description of God that we see in the Bible is that God created. That's the first action word. Mm-hmm. And so that's just what he wants to do in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what does being called entail? And specifically with this question, I want to get into like, what does it practically look like? And specifically for the three of us, what has that looked like in our life? What, is, what has been, um, what does it look like to live out being called by God? You know, one one thing that, you know, I was thinking about with this question, or I, I was looking over all these callings in the Bible because I wrote this sermon series, you know? You sure so did. I, like, am looking at all these, like, callings. And one thing that's really striking is that in almost every single one of these callings, there's this first step of, like, um, like consecration or this step, this, this step of, like, you know, make yourself holy. So, like, with Moses, it's like, take your sandals off your feet. This is holy ground, you know, like, like show a reverence, you know, or, you know, you think we didn't, we're not going to do Elijah or not Elijah, um, Isaiah, but Isaiah, you know, he shows up, he has this like vision of the temple and he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to die. I don't have, I have unclean lips. And then there's this coal burning fire thing or the bet that takes away his, you know, sin, you know, um, then you have like, um, and then there's just a ton of times. This is a, such a common thing in the calling is that like 
God wants us to like be be holy or he wants us to be pure or set apart or, or see him as having special reverence. Um, and in turn, you know, I think the calling, you know, when God calls us, it, either that general calling or the special calling, he's calling us to be holy, which a word would be like set apart to be different. And so, I mean, I know you're talking about like more practical things, um, but like the reason why I think that's important for all of us is we live in a culture where we so much want to be accepted and seen as normal, like, mm. uh, you know, mm. you know, social, like, I know, I know everyone, everyone's always bashing on social media or whatever, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> so, okay, no, we'll be so talking invoke. about it later. But, this, so this but, but I'm not, <laughs> but, but I, I think I'm not going to bash on it as much. I'm just going to say that just the fact that it's so popular, it means like, I really want people to see, like, we really value what other people see of us. And we want to be, you know, I remember the ice bucket challenge. I don't know if you guys remember that or if you guys were even born when that happened. But, like, you know, everyone was doing it because everyone wanted to do what was cool, you mm -hmm. know. And, um, you know, in the 90s when I was growing up, it was like if somebody tried to tell you to do something that was cool, you'd do the opposite because, you know, you'd want to paint your nails black because you don't want to be a conformer or whatever. You know what I mean? It was, like, kind of anti-style. But right now we really value being like everybody else. And I think what I'm trying to say is like being called by God means that you're called to a specific person and you're called to represent that person's interests, you know, namely God's interests. And that that means that you're going to be at points unpopular with others. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, for me in my story, like when I came home and I told my family, I'm a Christian, one of the first things my mom said to me was, well, it's fine as long as you love your family more than God. And as an immature sophomore in high school, I said, well, I can't do that. I'm going to love God more than you, <laughs> which isn't the best words to say. But um, honestly, like when we choose to love God first, because of the mystery of God, we're actually able to love our mother, our brother, our sisters, our friends better mm -hmm. than if we put mm -hmm. them at the center and so but that's not popular you know like we, like the idea that I'll actually be able to love my country better because I put God first I don't put the country at the center of my uh, understanding you know that that's not my first allegiance that's controversial you know I, I know so many people that are like yeah but we're Americans first you know it's like we're not Americans first we're we follow Jesus first. And so I think at a practical level, it means that, you know, there's going to be a huge amount of unpopularity mm -hmm. in who you are because you stand for God. And so at a practical level, um, there's going to be this set-apartness of this difference mm -hmm. that you have in our culture. Yeah, I think um, kind of going back to what you said about the, the word ecclesia, which um, means called out. Like I think of like, as a Christian, to call myself a Christian is to say God has called me out. And what I mean by that is, or the way I'm using this word, is that I'm being called... It's the right way. Well, okay. No, it really is, like, legitimately well, the right way. Well, like, okay, great, thank you. But maybe I'm going to use it more artistically or poetically in a second. 
um, is like if I'm if I'm acknowledging that God has called me out, then that means I've been called out of a dark world, mm-hmm. and I am not taking part in that dark world. At least not in the way that I was. So when we are talking about what what does it entail, it's like I acknowledge openly, publicly that I do not belong. I have been called out of a dark world and I am no longer participating with that dark world in the same way because I've been called into holiness to be set apart for the light. And that's a tricky thing to navigate, I think, especially when we're in our uh, younger years, I think, because we're, um, you know, in a university, you're kind of like thrust into it every day. And like you're being taught the ways of a dark world, I would say, in some ways. I don't think that's necessarily like, oh, science is teaching us the dark world or something like that. I'm not saying something like that, but like, but like the moral, like, the moral ways of the world, the temptation of like belonging as, as Christian said, you know, there's like, oh man, it's kind of nice because there's people around and they say that I, I, I might, I might actually belong to these people. And we're as Christians saying, I don't belong to the dark world. I don't belong to this place. I've been called out of it. I belong to someone else. I belong to a God of light. And you know, as Jesus says, you know, like who puts a candle under a bowl, you don't do it. But the thing is, is if we allow the dark, if we allow the dark world to put out our candle, then we just become the dark world again. And we're calling ourselves a Christian still, probably. So what does it entail? It entails being very, very thoughtful about what the light looks like and what the dark world looks like. Um, acknowledging that we're not a part of that dark world um, and not becoming again like that dark world means being very thoughtful, being very like diligent about what we're participating in, being mindful of what the light looks like versus the darkness, which is very, very difficult, admittedly, um, so that the light stays strong, the spirit stays uh, fully in us or, or is not diminished or grieved if that makes sense and so so what does it entail it means like saying I'm called out and it's making that public it's allowing ourselves to be different from everyone else as, as Christian said I think that leads really well into our next question and I'll start with this one how can you know it's God calling you and not just your feelings or other things And I think an answer to that question or a thought with that question, the answer to that question is what if we know we're being called out by God um, when we are experiencing consecration, when we are in a place where we're experiencing that we're becoming more holy, we're starting to look more like him. What if we're um, being refined um, and looking more pure? So for me, uh, I was really feeling right after college, like, man, I want to do this internship. I want to keep growing in my faith, this campus ministry internship. And my parents, especially my mom, they were like, you know, Anna, like, I don't know if that's the best career decision. You should probably take a year right out of college and 
go work a full-time job and so you can get some work experience and so I listened to that and it also didn't feel like quite the right time but then I the set that that's um, Christmas time in December after graduating college that last spring just heard and felt like oh my gosh I have no idea how to follow the Lord after college I need to go back and I need to get more training and um, I feel like the Lord is asking me to do that and so and I knew right right away I moved into a house with 14 other girls and as soon as I walked in that house it was like super fun at first but there was also a ton of challenges and I just felt like I was under this constant pressure of trying to um, learn how to interact with different kinds of personalities, trying to get along with my roommate, who was someone that I knew in college, but we were never close, and it was always kind of awkward between us. So how do we make that less awkward? And just all those things, it was like, wow, Lord, you put me in a place where I am significantly and quickly being refined, and I'm being shaped. Um, and that was just a theme throughout throughout the season. And I don't think as Christians we ever stop being refined. I think as we're walking in what the Lord has for us, he keeps making us more holy. And um, I would hope that when we're walking in our calling, he doesn't allow us to sit back and to be passive. Um, but that he, when he calls us, it's this call, he's consistent calling out, not like a parent saying, hey, you're doing this wrong, hey, you're doing that wrong. It's like God calling us closer to himself. And when we're closer to him, we get to know what it really looks like um, to be, in a way, like beautified or, or refined or made to look more like him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you're saying on it too. I, I just think it's so good. It's like you're saying, like, are you becoming more like God? And I think, like, one way to like maybe test out a calling, or if you you think you're like, I think God's saying this to me. You know, one of the very first tests is is like, is it within God's character? Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, there's a funny book. It's uh, it's not funny actually. It's called War and Peace. <laughs> it's really long. Yeah, that's it's, not a funny book. It's yeah. probably like one of my favorite. It is my favorite book. It's a really there long it one too. It's really long, and I was sad when it ended. Like it's one of only three books that I was sad when it ended. But there's this character in there. His name is um, Pierre. He's my he's my one of my favorite characters, and Pierre felt like he was called by God or higher power or something um, to uh, assassinate Napoleon. So, and he's like, that might be true. And so his way of testing it was like, like looking at his numbers. Like he, like uh, they found, figured out this thing, like Napoleon, like his, his name could be construed to, if you use like letters and numbers, like combinations, you can make Napoleon equal 666. So, mm-hmm. so uh, Napoleon's like, it's 666. And he's like, and somehow Pierre in the book got this idea my name equals 666 then that means I'm supposed to kill Napoleon so then he so Tolstoy he writes this and uh, Tolstoy is such a good writer and we do this I I think what's amazing about this this is so us this is so me is that 
then Pierre writes out his numbers using the same system, and he gets the kids up to 645 or something. Uh-huh. He's like, oh. So then with some more reworking and dropping certain letters from his name or using certain things, he he's able to make it equal 666. So then he's like, it is it. That's what it is. I'm called to kill Napoleon. You know, um, so he like ra- he tries to invent it, and that I feel like what's so amazing about that is that's like so us mm, that we yeah. get an idea in our head and we like want to pursue it, and so we find ways to justify that. We try to find ways to make that work out and fit. Um, but honestly, you know what Pierre didn't do is he didn't ask, "Is this like within God's character is to assassinate?" You know, somebody. Is this um, within like, am I am I going to God with these things? And I think I think the main thing is like, instead of like looking towards these outside things to validate our calling, like asking, like looking in the Bible, is this in line with God's heart, with His mission, with His hopes? Um, would I be doing this in a way that is loving and caring, um, like in the way that God loves and cares? Um, that's I think that's huge, and that's what you're saying. Like, will this calling? contribute to my furthering growing closer to Jesus, but also is it like within his character? Mm-hmm. Um, something that I thought was really, really helpful for me to hear. Um, when I was at Bible school, uh, one of the, the principal of the school does a lecture series on um, the life of Abraham. And he said um, that Abraham, when he was first called out of Ur, He's called out of Ur, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he's called out of Ur, Abraham doesn't ask God for more information. He doesn't ask him, like, he doesn't like, oh, what's going on? He actually steps out a little bit and, like, waits for confirmation of the calling that God gave him. So, like, he he actually goes and crosses the desert and he sees things, like, he sees, oh, yeah, this is working out. This is moving. I'm moving in the direction that God had talked to me about. And that was really, really helpful for me. Um, like, it's good to, like, as Christian put it, like, is it in line with God's character? Is it Does it conflict with his word? Things like that. And me, after it passes those tests, it's like, okay, God, I'm just going to step out a little bit. And if it's not you then like really just don't open doors Mm. don't open doors and it's okay like i'll I'll, i can just walk away from it um and i i that was genuinely quite influential for me to hear because uh, i i hear a lot i have a lot of thoughts (laughs) and i have my brain can go in a lot of directions and sometimes i'm like oh where like, what is, what is God trying to say something to me and stuff like that? And one thing that I do is like, okay, I do kind of the character thing and like, is it in conflict with this word? And then I just sort of take and they'll be like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to bang on the door. I'm just going to walk slowly towards what sounds like you. And if it's not what you want, then just close some doors. Mm-hmm. And um, when coming to OSU, like I had two options that I could pursue and um, OSU was one of them, and there was another university in another part of the country. And I was like, I was like, God, just shut the doors as as I go, 
and I'm not going to bang on them, but like you haven't said don't do ministry, so I'm just going to keep going that way. Um, and he didn't shut all the doors, and then it became down to OSU and this other school, and he wasn't really telling me one way or the other, and so I decided OSU on my own because it fit some of my personal preferences. The other school, I would have had to move across the country, and I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have had to wait like a probably a year and a half to go know where I was going to go. Or no, it was going to have to wait six months, and I was just kind of not in a great place to wait that long. I really wanted to have some footing. That's that's a long story. Um, but, like, I think God allowed me to, like, no, you can – you can decide between these two things on your own. That's fine. He didn't really confirm. And Christian didn't say no, so I'm here. No, I hired you. <laughs> yeah. So Best decision the, ever. Um, and so, so asking for confirmation, just walking slowly, um, maybe like <coughs> watching your enthusiasm a little bit. Like mm-hmm. don't get too excited about it. Um um, and also, a lot of callings, they don't happen tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's a big danger. Like, Jesus' calling was at his birth, and it was 33 years later yeah. that he, it was fulfilled. Yeah. And it ended in his death. <laughs> well, no, it ended it in his not, ascension. Yeah. In his ascension. Okay. He's still out there. He's still doing it. He's um, still here. But, like, his – but, I mean – one of the things that's interesting about Jesus' calling is like, and so many others, so many other people with callings, they wait. Mother Teresa felt a very strong calling from the Lord, and she had to wait, I think, a year before um, the church was like, okay, yes, we, we, they went through a discerning process with her to see if it was actually the Lord and things like that. And then it was like a year of her waiting, and she's like, I want to go serve the poor right now. And it was like, nope, going to we'll wait. See. And that's short. Uh, uh, Joseph in the Bible waits, oh no, David, David waits 16 years to become king from the day he's anointed. He waits 16 years. Joseph waits like a decade or something. I don't remember how long he's in prison for like a long time. Well, Paul didn't start his missions work for 14 years, right? It says that in Galatians. It's like, I didn't go on mission for 14 years. Well, and he didn't, and... He went into the he went into the wilderness, I think, or he went yeah. into the Arabia for three years. Yeah, it says in Galatia. Yeah. It's like, yeah, try doing that to prepare yourself. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so, like, really, just like, oh, yeah, okay, this is where God's calling me, and you don't have to be impatient to get there. Maybe He's telling you that so you can take small steps, steady steps, patient steps in that direction, and He's just being. He's like, it's going to take you time to get ready. Um, Jackie Pollinger, who we who we often read and reference, she felt called to be a missionary at the age of six. And that was actually seemingly kind of a rational thought for her. It was like, well, of course God wants everybody to be a missionary. When she was like six or eight, some really young. And then she got frustrated at the age of like 20-something. And she was like, God isn't telling me where to go. And I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Good. It's pretty epic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just, I have something, one thing I really want to say about that too is like, I think sometimes I've experienced this with really enthusiastic college people. Me being one of those people (laughs) is like, I do have that sense of immediacy. Like God calls me to something and I need Mm -hmm. to do it tomorrow. Like God's calling you to pastor. All right, I'm going to quit school and I'm going to 
go be a pastor somewhere or, or um, like you get, get this sense of like, oh, like, okay, God wants me to do that. I need to do that right now. Um, the first step usually in like one of these like special callings, like be a missionary or to go somewhere or just to do any kind of like special church work, I think, you know, like uh, leading a small group is a really good way of seeing if God's calling you to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Like being a Corfa is really the first step of like, oh, you know, like I know some people that are like, you know, talking to people really drains me. And I really have a hard time. And that's something that, like, you know, every Christian, everybody needs to, like, be able to love other people and invest in others. But if you're like, oh, my goodness, like, I'm leading a small group and this is not going great. But you're like, but I'm going to be a pastor. It's kind of like, well, you know, you, you either really need to grow in your ability to love people and be comfortable with people right now. And this is a great step for you. Or... We're going to have to see, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because, and I think, I think not trying to go from a step A to step G, like right away, but there are like these little intermittent steps that you don't want to skip because they're formational Mm -hmm. and they're key and they're great ways to really see. So I remember I thought I was going to do homeless ministry. That was one of the 19 million things I thought I was going to do in college. Mm -hmm. So I went and did homeless ministry every Saturday night from my, um, my end of my beginning my sophomore year to the end of my senior year of college every Mm -hmm. Saturday night I would go and do homeless ministry Um, and I went and did a mission trip to a rescue mission so I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna do homeless ministry so I go to this rescue mission in San Francisco and I had a great mission trip it was really Mm -hmm. fun it was it was impactful I really appreciated it Um, and I came back and I just had a really strong sense for being there yeah, I'm not doing homeless ministry. Wow. Because it was just like just going and doing it. It's not like it was – it's not like homeless ministry is bad or anything. Mm, no. But it was just like through doing it and seeing that, I was like, oh, I don't know. And and right around the same time, there was this other woman at the thing I, I helped at every Saturday, a woman named Teresa. They called her Mother Teresa of, of Bellingham or something like that. They had this like term for her or something. Oh, yeah. The homeless people did in, in Bellingham where I was doing this. And – there was a moment where I realized, like, I was really hopeful. Like, I'm doing homeless ministry. I want to get people out of poverty. You know, I was, like, super excited. And then um, I'm sitting there with Teresa, and she's just, like, sitting down with a homeless woman. And she's just, like, oh. Like, she just is looking across at this homeless woman, and he, she's giving her some food. And she just sees her as this treasure. And it hit me that Teresa, this woman Teresa, wasn't doing homeless ministry to get these people out of poverty. Mm-hmm. She was doing them because these homeless people are valuable to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said to her, it's just good enough if I get to feed them. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's when I realized this isn't for me. <laughs> this isn't for me. Like I, I, I've got an agenda. I'm not really called to this because mm-hmm. I'm not really in it for what I need to be in it for. And so that was just a helpful thing. So through process of experience of trying things. So if you feel you might be called, just go down the road, mm-hmm. you know, and start trying little things and see, mm-hmm. really test, you know, in a sense, test the calling. Ask other people, you know, you know, like, do you think I could do this? You know, like people you respect mm-hmm. um, that are in the faith and that might give you some good ideas. Mm-hmm. I think a neat summary of kind of what I'm hearing from uh, the three of us is, that God isn't a God of, I don't know if this is a word, but like rushedness, 
Like, God doesn't rush when I think about in um, the Old Testament, um, even in the New Testament with like, oh my gosh, the Savior of the world is here. I'm just trying to channel my inner Christian there. (laughs) (laughs) The Savior of the world is here and whoa, what are we going to do? Like, this is crazy. And they kind of throw a party, you know, in the in the barn when Jesus is born, but then you don't really hear about him for 33 years. And um, I think when I think of like all the saints that have gone before us um, and all of the the callings that we've talked about so far, Moses and um, the Israelites, they waited in the wilderness for a long time. Um, There's this phrase in the Bible, um, 40 days and 40 nights. It like means like, a long time mm-hmm. uh, that people spent with the Lord. And, um, you know, I think, too, about Christ and um, just how patient he was um, with his disciples. Uh, but then he could also get really passionate. And so um, I don't think passion is a bad thing. I don't think mm-hmm. enthusiasm is a bad thing. But um, I do think that when we see God, you know, he was probably so excited that Jesus was there to do ministry when he sent his son. But um, he was so patient and waited for Jesus to ripen yeah. and to be to be ready mm-hmm. and send him out when, when the time was right, when the time was sweet, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, do you guys have anything else you wanted to say about this topic? I would just give it a small analogy. Like, you wouldn't want a student that hasn't graduated from an engineering school and hasn't passed their engineering exams to build a bridge. No. Oh, gosh. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's like, uh, and similarly, like, I think God is patient and he wants to develop us into the place where he's like, now you're ready to care for my flock. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, t- I'm, I'm willing to teach you, but unlike the university, this is invitation. You can say no at any moment in time, or you can, but you can also say yes at every moment in time. So, I think I just have like two more things I want to say about the whole topic of calling. Is that okay? Yeah. So, um, one is that you know I think in a lot of ways like we're talking about like this special calling of like a special task God's given us, and I think it's important like. I do think God calls, you know, has special tasks for almost every believer, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if most every believer has some kind of moment where God says to do something. And sometimes those could be just momentary things like today, I want you to go talk to that person right now, like, or today I want you to pray for this person or, oh, I'm calling you to this kind of a life, you know. Mm. Um, But a lot of times we collapse that with a job or a profession, Mm. And so I know that a lot of people like listen to this, like they're like thinking, oh, I want to be a computer scientist, you know, Jonathan, you know, love that mm-hmm. computer science comment mm-hmm. you made yesterday. Um, so, um, but like somebody might be wondering, well, if I'm called to this job, like that must be God's calling for me. And, you know, God may be saying like, that's a great direction for you. And, and maybe God has put it in your heart to do that. Um but just because you have a job, like, or there's a, a field you find yourself in, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, your calling is to be a computer scientist, like, or whatever. Like, you know, you find yourself in a community, 
and I've known so many great Christians who, you know, like they say, you know, God is calling me to help with the youth group of my church. Mm. Like, it doesn't mean that you don't work a another kind of nine to five job. It doesn't mm. mean that you're not representing Jesus at that job either. Mm. You know, like, like you're supposed to be representing Jesus in your whole life. But, but like, there are, like, just because it's not a job doesn't mean God doesn't have a calling for you that is, like, to benefit your community or to, you know, God wants me to, God's saying, I want you to be the mayor of this town, you know, and maybe that's a place of influence that like, the Lord wants you to be in, you know, like, or, you know, that, that I think I just want you to expand your idea of like, I want, I want students out there to expand the idea of that calling is just like a professional ministry thing, but like God could be calling you in so many ways to do so many different types of things. And, um, and that like, sometimes it's, it's through a job, you know, like, um, like maybe God's calling you to like set up sustainable farming in another country, you know, and and uh, and that that's a way that God wants you to enrich the world, and He wants to be a Christian while you're doing that for sure. But He's calling you to to bless the world through some other thing, and so th- there's all kinds of ways that the Lord wants us to do things or callings He has for us. Um, I know that Flip Anderson, she's somebody in town, that mm. she feels really called to like make some kind of sustainable housing for the homeless in Corvallis. I have no idea how she's going to do that, you know, but that's not my calling. But that's something she feels really called to do by the Lord, mm-hmm. to really invest in that and try to figure out how to do that. And so, um, you know, and I don't think her or her husband have ever worked, like, professionally as, like, mm-hmm. with homelessness. And I don't think that they it never professionally had ministry jobs, but the Lord's calling them to this and they have other jobs, you know, and they're doing this. So it's just be, be, don't, I think sometimes we're going to be called to do vocational ministry and that's what the Lord Mm -hmm. wants us to do. And we really want you to do that Mm -hmm. like here at Chi Alpha, but on the other side, just don't collapse it to a job. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing I want to say too, is that there's, there's also this feeling of like, like um, sometimes I think, we can like there's this weird idea of comfort sometimes we some of us can think well god is only gonna call me to do something uncomfortable we can almost have like this self-deprecating view of like calling like god wouldn't call me to do something i enjoy god can definitely call you to do something you enjoy you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it, it it's you know so i just because it's going to be hard or going to be something you don't like doesn't mean god's calling you to it but on the flip side of that um I think sometimes we really want a calling that's going to be comfortable. And I really appreciated Nathan's thought of like when God said, you know, he calls us out of the world, like he's calling us out. And what Nathan meant, what he means when he says that is he's calling us to a different kind of life. Like he's not calling us to live like the world. But at the same time that he calls us out of the world, he's calling us into the world. So there's a sense that we're, you know, Jesus says it like we're not of the world, but we're in it. Mm-hmm. And so God's calling is for us to be present and around people who don't know him. And that there's always going to be an implicit tension that we should feel as Christians. We, As Christians, there should be tension in our life mm-hmm. because we're surrounding ourselves with people that don't know Jesus. And we're trying to be his witness. 
And so, you know, any calling, if you find yourself called to be a Bible, Bible professor at a university college, um, at, a, at a seminary, you need to find a way to be in the world. You can't just retreat in a, mm-hmm. a Christian bubble. Like, that's not the kind of calling God calls us to. He calls us to be in the world, but not of it. And so um, I think sometimes we can spiritualize our callings or rationalize our callings so that we don't have Christ- non-Christian relationships or that we escape tension and uncomfortability. So those are just some comments there is like that just because it's hard doesn't mean God's calling you that. Sometimes he calls you to do things you like, mm-hmm. but there should always be some kind of tension in your life, like in terms of because you should be rubbing with people and advancing the kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness isn't easy. Mm-hmm. And you sh- there should be some level of where you feel that, where you can see um, the light advancing in darkness. That was powerful. Well, I think that's it for today, friends. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to email me with questions or topic ideas at Anna at OregonStateXA.com. And please know that we as your Chi Alpha pastors are committed to helping you learn how to know God's will and call on your life. So go ahead, unbuckle your seatbelts, and step out to see what God has in store for you. And remember, the ultimate call God has for our lives is to draw close to him. And out of being with him, we do. 